Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Happy to be with you today. I am uh, back in the United States, back in the USA, uh, in New Jersey, where I uh, I'm going to look for a home, and uh, that's pretty exciting for me. <laughs> Perhaps that will be something I talk about in our episode today. And I am grateful, grateful, grateful. To begin with a prayer, our topic this week is effective spiritual practice. Effective spiritual practice. So that certainly is what A Course in Miracles is. And we begin with one of the most effective spiritual practices I know, and that is affirmative prayer. So we take a breath of love and gratitude together and we open our heart, we open our mind to the power and the presence of love. We open ourselves to an unprecedented flow of dynamic healing, divine wisdom, true clarity. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of recognizing and remembering our true identity is the I am that I am. It is our holiness. We're already as holy as holy can be. And we're willing to see this not just for ourselves, but for all of our brothers and sisters. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to an unprecedented healing. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to dynamic love, our true healer. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. This is the purpose of our joining together. It's our healing and the healing of the world. In gratitude, we know it is done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 
Ah, well, that feels good. And uh, my voice, my throat, my sinuses are a little off. I have been uh, riding on planes for a very long time. Just got back late last night, flew from Bangkok. It's a long ride. It literally is a 24-hour journey, and um, most of which is spent in the air, I think 20 hours in the air, something like that. And so it was uh, not a a fun journey for my sinuses. Anyway, (laughs) the healing power of love is healing me now. And, you know, A Course in Miracles tells us, and it's often quoted, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. And that is what our spiritual practice is all about. It's changing our mind about the world. It's about... Not seeking for love, but seeking to surrender and to dissolve and resolve permanently all of the blocks to love. And I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. I know some people don't like it when I say that, but otherwise I think it would be weird if I just went silent. And I have to sip more tea this time to keep my throat warm and lubricated so uh, our spiritual practice is every moment of every day and I think one of the mistakes we sometimes make is thinking that spiritual practice is something we just do for uh, a period of time in the morning a period of time in the evening and to me the most effective spiritual practice is when we're really Fulfilling our function, which is to release all the meaning that we've made, our judgments and opinions. That's what true forgiveness is, is releasing our judgments and opinions, the meaning that we made of things. And so doing that all day long, that is living A Course in Miracles. That is the most effective spiritual practice, releasing the attachment to our judgments and opinions. And so our practice is the thing that is clearing out that which does not serve. Uh, One of the things that A Course in Miracles teaches us is to practice the Holy Spirit's use of time as a teaching aid to happiness and peace. That's what it says to us in chapter 15, section 1. Practice the Holy Spirit's use of time as a teaching aid to happiness and peace. Take this very instant now And think of it as all there is of time. Take this very instant now and think of it as all there is of time. So let's just do that together for a moment. And think that this moment that we have together now, transcending time and space, is all that there is of time. The past cannot reach us here. And we are completely absolved of any thought of wrongdoing. We are completely free 
and holy without condemnation. From this holy instant, wherein holiness is born again in us, in our awareness, we can go forth in time without fear. So in this moment, it's consciously choosing to recognize that the past has no hold on us unless we believe that it does. We're already as holy as holy can be. We cannot become any more holy. And for me, it's reaching up, in a sense, to the higher Holy Spirit self and saying, let me know my own holiness. I am willing to know the holiness, the sinlessness of myself and my brothers and sisters. I'm willing to completely accept it. Make it so now. And the wonderful thing is, we can actually experience that fully and completely. Yes, we can. This is an effective spiritual practice. I'm willing to experience the holy instant now. Just holding that space for ourselves. Now, one of the things that is so helpful for us is to recognize that our spiritual practice benefits everyone because we're one with them. So as our mind releases the attachments to the past, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and the projections of the future, all minds are healed. So this is how we bless the world, through our active practice of forgiveness. And in the workbook for A Course in Miracles, Lesson 187, which is entitled, I Bless the World Because I Bless Myself, it makes a wonderful point that I think is really the foundation of our motivation for an effective spiritual practice. So it says here in Lesson 187, no one can give unless he has. Well, that just makes common sense, doesn't it? Can't give unless you have. You can't give apples away unless you have apples. You cannot give patience and kindness away unless you have them. You cannot give money away unless you have it. You can't give water away unless you have it. So you can't give unless you have. In fact, giving is proof of having, right? So when you're giving the water away, it's proof that you have the water. When you're giving money away, it's proof that you have money. We have made this point before. What seems to make it hard to credit is not this. No one can doubt that you must first possess what you would give. No one can doubt that you must first possess 
what you would give. Now, consider this. Many spiritual students would like to bless the world. Absolutely would like to bless the world. So many light workers here to bring the light, and they would like to bless the world with their gifts and talents. However, many are seemingly prevented from blessing the world and sharing their gifts and talents because they don't believe that they are worthy. They don't believe that their talents and their gifts are good enough, right? So this is, to me, one of the the things that is so challenging for many light workers because over the years I've talked with many, many, many uh, ministers, practitioners, healers of all kinds, people who would like to be successful spiritual counselors and coaches and things of this nature. Oh, excuse me. Uh, and take a sip of my tea here. So many, they're they're really struggling because they have such a desire to serve, such a desire to be truly helpful and truly useful, and they would like to earn their living or in a professional way, shine their light and share their gifts and talents. But they question their worthiness. They question their their gifts aren't special enough. The specialness factor comes in there. They don't trust that spirit is truly moving through them. Why is that? Because they are still trying to manage the control and the flow uh, via the ego, you know, and this is, of course, classic ego attachment is managing the flow of our gifts and talents, managing the flow of giving and receiving. And, of course, the ego's number one thought is lack, which is also limitation, lack and limitation thinking that's that's fundamental to every single ego thought. And so when we think that we have to generate the healing energy, when we think we have to generate the inspiration, we have to generate the goodness, the gifts, and the talents, then we will think, ah, oh, there's not enough. Lack and limitation. My gifts and talents aren't good enough. They're not special enough. This is classic ego thinking. Now, when we're in tune with the spirit, we know we're not in control of the quality. We're not in control of the flow. We've given that over to the higher Holy Spirit itself. And we're allowing ourselves to simply be the presence of God, without thought of lack, limitation. So the thought of not enough, the thought of not good enough, the thought of not special enough, none of that enters into it when we're aligned with the spirit. But when we're aligned with the ego, all of these other 
thoughts of lack and limitation come into play. So, effective spiritual practice is a spiritual practice that eliminates these ego patterns so they do not come into play in our mind anymore. Now, one of the things that the ego gets us and hooks us with is a spiritual practice that is about doing things in the world. And I'm not going to define it more than that, but there's, there's this ego thought that someone else has the key. Someone else has a special spiritual practice that's going to help me. And if they can do it for me, so they can heal my chakras, and they can take the bad juju away, and they can uh, give me some special dispensation, and all of this kind of thought that this is the thing that's going to heal me. Someone or something outside of me is going to heal me. We might experience temporary benefits from that, but unless... We are truly intent on our healing. We'll just fall back again. We'll just recreate it. Because we have to change our thought system. That's the only real healing. All healing is at the level of the mind. So an effective spiritual practice is one that's actually helping us to heal at the level of the mind. And not distract us from that. What what um, A Course in Miracles tells us is that in this I bless the world because I bless myself, it says, No one can doubt that you must first possess what you would give. So, if you would like to share your gifts and talents with the world, and you aspire to be that healing presence, then you must know, and this is different than belief, know that spirit is fully awake and available in you to express in this way. Sorry, I started sneezing, so I muted myself. I'm a human, experience, engaged person, spiritual being, having a human experience with a human body that is sneezing. (laughs) And then it says, it is the second phase on which the world and true perception differ. Having had and given, then the world asserts that you have lost what you possessed. The truth maintains that giving will increase what you possess. Alright, so long story short on this. In order to give your gifts and talents, you must first really know that you have them, that they are yours. The gifts of God are yours today. And then what spirit knows is 
as you share them, they multiply, they expand, they are not diminished. You do not have a limited quantity or supply. But the ego believes that if you give it, then there's less for you. If you give it, then there's less for you. So an effective spiritual practice is one that's eliminating all belief in lack and limitation and all belief in separation. Now, think about this. Doesn't it make sense that if you're sharing, whether it's anything, water, love, kindness, genius, light, apples, Whatever it is you're sharing, if you are giving it to the only one that you are, recognizing that every brother and sister that you might share with is one with you, if you're giving it to yourself, could there possibly be any diminishment in what you have? No. So Course in Miracles says, to have, give all to all. This is part of our effective spiritual practice. When we're giving, we're affirming that we have. And that affirmation that we have strengthens our having and giving in our awareness. To have, give all to all. So if you'd like to have more love, more patience, more kindness, more generosity, more of a sense of freedom, give it away. Give it to all. Now, one of the things about effective spiritual practice, and this is one of my, I think this is, when I first read this, I just went, oh, this is so helpful to me. So in chapter 18, uh, section 7 of the text, paragraph 4, uh, talking about the holy instant and that, that stepping into the moment where you realize you have everything, there is no lack, there is no limitation, there is no separation. It says that release is given you the instant you desire it. So this is one of the key parts of our effective spiritual practice is to desire release from belief in lack and limitation. To desire to know and be the peace of God. Desire to know abundance and prosperity and wholeness and freedom. This is the true desire of our heart. Now, it says, Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success their holy instance of success. This course does not attempt to teach more than they learned in time, but it does aim at saving time. So this is one of the things, A Course in Miracles says over and over and over again, it's about saving time. And saving time spent in suffering so that you're learning through joy and not through pain. We can learn either way. Haven't we done that, right? So classic example is you can learn that uh, speaking your judgments out loud and trying to manipulate and control and manage 
people you're in relationship with, with your judgments, will lead to everybody suffering and everybody uh, feeling distant and disconnected. We can learn through joy by extending love and compassion and kindness and patience and generosity and learn the joy of connection. So we can learn through the pain of feeling disconnected or we can learn through the joy of feeling connected. It's our choice. It's our choice. So it says, this course does not attempt to teach more than the people who have had success, but it does aim at saving time. You may be attempting to follow a very long road to the goal you have accepted. So the goal that we've all accepted is this awakening, enlightenment, ascension, the full recognition that there is no separation. A Course in Miracles calls it the atonement. So that's the goal that we've accepted. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. Alright? So as long as we're thinking that we don't have and we need to get, we're fighting against sin. We're living in this sense of lack and limitation. So, that's a very time-consuming Road that there's no benefit of fighting against sin. So if we're approaching this idea of our spiritual practice that we're trying to release the sins, dissolve the sins, heal the negative karma, earn good karma, we're fighting against sin. And that's very time-consuming. That is not effective spiritual practice. So we might be doing some wonderful things, prayer, meditation, uh, chanting, uh, all kinds of things. But if we're doing it from the mindset of we're sinners, we're bad and we're wrong, and we're trying to cover that up or heal that or make amends for that, we're prolonging the suffering. It's not effective spiritual practice. So it's time for me to take a break. And I am going to tell you that uh, I'm going to be doing a class, a free class, next week about saving time and effective spiritual practice. You can watch out for that. I haven't announced it yet. I'm just giving you a preview or a a heads up that that's coming and uh, in the meantime you can check out things at jenniferhadley.com while we're on the break I am Jennifer Hadley yes I am <laughs> I am that I am and we're talking about A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love, we're walking the talk and I'll be right back As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source, commit to values, serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. Your soul will thank you. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. And... I'm just going to mention that uh, if you're interested in effective spiritual practice, uh, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that that is the focus of my year-long Masterful Living course. It's about really putting these practices of A Course in Miracles into practical application with a group of <coughs> like-minded souls from around the world. Mm, my sinuses are acting up. <laughs> I'm having healing. <coughs> Excuse me. Golly gee. All right. Holy Spirit. Speaks through me as always. Yeah, so that's that's a focus of our year-long Masterful Living course, and that's why it's a year-long, is so that we can really put the pedal to the metal for the whole year and have lasting transformation. 
and to have it with a group of like-minded souls from all over the world who are committed to becoming masterful. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of the most amazing things in the world, truly, is that every year the people who are the most successful by the end of the year, as we're <clears throat> finishing up our year in Masterful Living here, and uh, the people who are most ef- effective and successful in the course of the year in terms of they love themselves much more. They are happier. They feel successful spiritually. They have seen profound transformation in their life, in their relationships, in their family, in their workplace, in their finances, in their body. Each person, of course, having their own unique experiences. Uh, The people who are the most successful at the end of every year are the people who generally at the beginning of the year were afraid they would drop out. They thought they didn't have what it takes. They thought they couldn't do it. They felt convinced that they would fail. But they just couldn't do nothing. They needed to do something. And so, and this is what they tell me year after year. And I just think it's so amazing. So amazing that people who felt that they just didn't have what it took they find out in the course of the year that they do have what it takes. And that, to me, is this gift of A Course in Miracles. It's the gift of an effective spiritual practice. So this whole point that we're talking about here, about in order to give something away, you have to know that you have it on some level you have to know that you have it that this is deeply transformative the practice of forgiveness deeply practicing forgiveness and not just giving lip service to it because that's the thing that we do in masterful living is we really get into the nitty-gritty of applying this to your life and Of course, you can do it on your own. Of course, you can. You don't need a group to do it. That's the beauty. Course in Miracles is a self-study course. No one can do it for you. That's that's what I was talking about earlier, is thinking that something or someone outside of you can give it to you. That's not going to happen. If I could heal anyone, I, I would start healing people all over the place. But I I can only heal myself, my mind. And even that, I give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. Yes, I do. So, I love what it says here. Oh, I guess I should tell you that uh, Masterful Living starts January 1st. And... Enrollment is open until January 9th. So, uh... Check it out. Read everything there is on Masterful Living at JenniferHadley.com. If it's right for you, you will know. And uh, maybe it's not this coming year. Maybe this isn't the year you feel you're ready to transform in this way or you'd like support. But uh, who knows? Uh, Maybe I'll be there again. I started Masterful Living in 2009, and I never thought I would do it even a second year. And now uh, this is going to be the... Eighth year. Unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. So it says in uh, this 
Text, Chapter 18, Section 7, Paragraph 4. You may be attempting to follow a very long road to the goal you have accepted, the goal of uh, atonement. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. So again, if you are starting from the place of, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I don't deserve, there's something wrong with me, and you're trying to make amends for your sins, for your bad behavior, for your negative karma. If that's your your path, then... Just hold up, hold up there, because it's extremely difficult to reach awakening on that trajectory. It says, enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. So think of the people that... um, they feel that their sexual desires are aberrant, that they're wrong, bad, sinful, or that they're greedy and lustful or selfish and all of this is bad and wrong and it's hated and despised in themselves. That they're identified with these ego attachments and longings and needings and cravings as being part of them instead of ego thoughts that we have become attached to or agreed to. No matter what, how dark and dank that ego thought is, or even how, how you know, uh, insig- seemingly insignificant is, you know, it could be the ego thought of um, skinny is better than fat. Whatever the better than, less than, all of that, whatever the separation thought is, it's still an ego thought. It has nothing to do with our true identity. We're already as holy as holy can be. So any idea that we're not already as holy as holy can be, and we're trying to become holy, that's the slow road. That's the ineffective spiritual practice. It says, nor is a lifetime of contemplation and long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body necessary. So what Buddha did under the Bodhi tree, so helpful to us as humanity, because what did he realize? What did, what did Buddha do? He, he was the prince, right? The, f- the favored son of the king who had everything, right? Living in paradise. He goes to explore in the world like the prodigal son in a sense and uh, explores all the sensory pleasures of the world, drowns himself in it and realizes that there's no happiness in that. There's no satisfaction in that. Then he goes and the pendulum swings the other way and so he tries all kinds of abstinence, haven't we, isn't this our journey too? 
Aren't we experiencing our own little Buddha experience, our own prodigal son experience, where then at times don't we try to manage and control ourselves through abstinence and forced abstinence? And then oftentimes what happens? We break down and we gorge ourselves in whatever way, and then we fall back and then we feel like a failure. Well, the thing is... That if the ego is driving our spiritual practice, if the ego is driving our awakening, if the ego is driving uh, what we're doing, then we are, of course we're going to fall back into sinfulness, uh, being wrong and bad and being a spiritual failure because we put the ego in charge. What, what is the ego going to do? The ego is always going to lead us deeper and deeper into thoughts of separation. So we cannot put the ego in charge of anything. This is one of the things that I I realized years ago was I love to work out. I love to exercise. But the ego was in charge of my exercising and my working out. And I was, as much as I enjoyed doing it, it was really driven by the ego, the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And I said, okay, I don't wish to give any energy to that anymore. And this is a very common thing for spiritual students to think that eating this or drinking that is bad and wrong and I'm a sinner because I like these things. It's really about just being able to consciously recognize Does it feel supportive? Does it feel loving? What's my reason for doing it? What is my motivation? Is it of the ego or am I inspired by spirit? So am I eating this because I feel and directly know in a spiritual knowing that this is healing and nourishing to my body temple? Or am I eating it because I think I should eat it, that it's good for me, it's high in antioxidants? What is the motivation? What is the inspiration? You see, getting into the moment-by-moment decision-making of each and every choice that we make and just seeing, ah, am I motivated by love here or am I motivated by the intellect? Because the ego is the intellect. Right? So if I think, if I start going ballistic because the food's not organic, spirit would not go ballistic because the food's not organic. But the ego would. Because the ego is always saying, this is better and this is worse. Versus what really feels loving? What really feels generous and kind and beautiful and true? Versus, I should, I should, I should. Shooting all over ourselves. So, long periods of meditation aimed at detachment from the body are not necessary. It says, all such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose. So, if our purpose in meditating, in, you know, this is, this is, Buddha under the Bodhi tree, his purpose in meditation was to attain enlightenment. His purpose in abstaining 
from everything, you know, eating a grain of rice a day and, and that incredible asceticism. His intention was to completely detach from the body and to know himself only as spirit. And he did succeed because he was so clear and intent on his purpose. But it says here, yet the means are tedious and very time consuming for all of them look to the future for release from a state of present unworthiness and inadequacy. Your way will be different, not in purpose, but in means. So we have the same purpose as Buddha, but we don't have the same path. We do not have the same path. So our path is to demonstrate the joyful learner, the happy learner. And the thing is, is I'll just be honest with you, is I meet a number of Course in Miracles students who are not experiencing the happy learner. They're really shooting on themselves. And they're so in judgment of themselves every day, their spiritual practice is not really existent. They're much more controlled by the ego uh, practice of judging, 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 always thinking that they're failing and not measuring up. So, this is why, in A Course in Miracles, it tells us that our brothers and sisters are our salvation, because they offer us the opportunity to practice non-judgment and compassion, to extend it. And by extending it to our brothers and sisters, we can have it for ourselves, because no one can give unless he has. So when we can express compassion and kindness and love and generosity and patience for our brothers and sisters, we are cultivating the ability to see that we do have that capacity and we can begin to have it for ourselves. Yes. So going back to Lesson 187, it says... Protect all things you, this is paragraph four, protect all things you value by the act of giving them away. And you are sure that you will never lose them. I'll tell you, intuitively, I knew this, that in order for me to know better that which I have, I could share it. And in joining with others and sharing, I know it better. And that's the beauty of sharing. And uh, I'll tell you, I was thinking a lot about this as I was flying back from Bangkok the last couple of days and making that journey. One of the great desires of my heart is to support people who would like to be spiritual counselors and people who would like to be teachers. And uh, this year, in the Power of Love Ministry, that's the ministry I founded, we're going to be offering a teacher ministerial certification program. And uh, Masterful Living is the foundation of that. And I'm going to be offering 
classes in teaching forgiveness workshops. I'm going to be offering classes in teaching workshops and creating curriculum and workshops and how to teach and how to give a great talk, a Sunday sermon or any kind of a class or talk. I'm so interested. There are so many teachers who are thinking that they don't have what it takes or that there are various things that uh, they should know, they don't know. There's so much sense of lack and limitation. And we can burst through that because now is the time for the light workers to really share their gifts and talents. And it is through effective spiritual practice that we are able to dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause all of these Beliefs in lack and limitation. So we literally protect what we value. We protect our holiness by the act of sharing it. So are you willing, regardless of whether you'd like to be a teacher or whatever it is that's your thing in life, maybe you're a parent, you're a grandparent, Whatever it is that you're doing in your life, doesn't matter. Are you willing to see your magnificence and to share that magnificence? To recognize that you owning up to your own holiness will be the greatest gift that you can give to anyone. Imagine if Jesus the Christ had not been willing to uh, to recognize that he was worthy of the Christhood, where would we be without this great example? Of course, Buddha could not have attained enlightenment if he did not know that he was worthy. And you see these two men, and so many more, their worthiness, their knowledge of their own worthiness has healed so many. Because we can say, I am like them. Even though the appearance is, we have differences, still we are one. We are one. So one of the things I'm going to invite you to do right now is to think about any place in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your relationships where you feel stingy. You feel that there's not enough. And you don't really want to share with friends, with relatives, with co-workers. Maybe you withhold kindness from somebody in your life. Maybe there's a prejudice that you have against somebody in your life. Things can happen in families where people hold on to resentment, right? And they think, I'm never going to extend love to that person again. They are not worthy of my love. But the question is not whether or not that other person is worthy of your love, but are you? We can extend love 
without picking up the phone or getting in the car. We can extend love and we can release all judgment without having to engage in an active human experience relationship with someone. So this is a question that I get sometimes is, hey, Jennifer, I'd really like to forgive the past. My family was abusive to me, and I was very wounded by that. But now I'd really like to dissolve and resolve any and all sense of uh, upset around that, all unforgiveness, all the meaning I've made of it, all the interpretation, all the pain and suffering. I'd like to experience freedom completely from that now. Do I call them? Do I go visit them? Do I reach out to them? And here's my answer for you. Give it to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to figure it out. Remember, this is a classic sign that you're identified with the ego when you're trying to figure something out. Instead of trying to figure it out, just be open-minded. Be the happy learner. The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you wherever you're supposed to go. Remember the truly helpful prayer, which is the purpose prayer, page 28 in the text. I'm here only to be truly helpful. And the one who sent me will guide me of what to say, what to do, where to go. That's it, right there. So, state your intention. For me, one of the things I did that was so much a part of my effective spiritual practice is I decided to forgive everything and everyone in all directions of time and space, past, present, future. Anything I was holding in my mind as a wall between me and anybody else, or me and my higher self, my holiness. I said, I'm interested in forgiving everything and everyone, including myself, in all directions of time and space. And so, I took that in earnest. I'm still doing that be honest with you, I'm still working on that. And that was the thing that was, for me, the most effective spiritual practice, is to be willing to cognize, recognize, acknowledge every place where I was holding on to, the meaning I made of it, my interpretation, and to actually release my meaning and my interpretation and that has brought me the peace of God the peace of God is our natural state but when we harbor resentments and regrets we don't value the peace of God we're more interested in our interpretations of the past our holiness is unbreakable And our effective spiritual practice is one that helps us to see and recognize that. And that's why practicing non-judgment all day, every day, that is the most effective spiritual practice. That's A Course in Miracles 101. Well, oh my goodness. I'm so grateful to share on this topic with you. It's the perfect time for us to really focus on non-judgment because so much comes up for healing during the holidays. Old memories circle back around and the Christ energy is rising in our mind. Our attention 
returns to the Christ. It's the perfect time to have extraordinary healing. Remember, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you as to what to do and what to say. You don't have to figure it out. Only the ego needs to figure it out. Let me say, too, that we're working on an Android version of the A Course in Miracles app, which we'll be giving away free. I hope to have that early in the new year. And what else? Oh, oh, oh. We have uh, more things that we're planning. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. The transcripts of the radio show are... Uh, We've got more than 50 of them, I believe, now posted on the Living A Course in Miracles website under resources. So, again, if you have any special requests of an episode that you'd like to have transcribed, we'll put it to the top of the list. Uh, all you have to do is write to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. Let us know which episode, and we'll put it to the top of the list. Uh Masterful Living starts January 1st, my year-long course. And if you'd like to make a donation to support, please do. You can make a donation at jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com. It's the end of the year. I know a lot of people are making donations. We certainly appreciate that. If you value this listener-supported radio, keep it coming with your donation. So let's take that breath of prayer and gratitude. We open our heart, we open our mind once again to the higher Holy Spirit self leading us and guiding us to the most effective spiritual practice. So grateful and so thankful to choose to forgive. We are focused on remembering our true identity is perfect love now and forever. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to an unprecedented, unlimited flow of healing. In divine gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. 
Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 